quite yet. <laughs> but uh, maybe for winter, uh, we'll, we'll say it that way. Uh, joining us now by phone is uh, we have the uh, superintendent of the Scambia County Schools, Keith Leonard. Keith, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News. And I forget, is this the first time we've had you on since you became superintendent? I can't remember if we did it one time before or not. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Andrew. It is the first time. Oh, yeah. School is only going to be out. School is only going to be out for winter break. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, welcome. Uh, I don't think I've said it to you on the airs, obviously. So, congratulations on the appointment. Um, I know you and I've talked a little bit uh, offline or whatever, but uh, good to have you on the show this morning. Uh, we had school grades come out, and um, before we talk about what the school grade report actually says. I think it's very useful uh, maybe to give people an idea of how these grades and the tests that produce them are really very different from anything that we've ever done before, which is why they don't even call them school grades. They call them the informational baseline grade for 2023. Can you take a second and explain what was different last year? Because it's very important, I think, for understanding the information we have. Yes, sir. The entire state uh, adopted new student standards for academic learning. So you had new standards. You had a new test. The new test was also a new method in delivering that test. It was progress monitoring where and I'm going to use the acronym PM. You had PM1 at the beginning of the year. Then you had progress monitoring or PM2 right after the uh, end of first semester. And then at the end, you had the assessment, uh, which was known as PM3. For this particular year, you did not have a baseline to be able to establish learning gains. In other words, where did Keith and where did Andrew enter academically in the fourth grade? How did they do on the PM1? What was the expectation on what they should learn during that academic year? Where were they in PM2? And then where did they finally land in PM3? So you would get learning gains. Well, we do not have learning gains for this year because this is the first test. Right. Um, administration of this test. We will begin to have school grades at the end of next school year. Hopefully we will get these grades back prior to Christmas break like we're getting this year. What I want to tell our citizens and our community is of course, we did not wait. We had a good idea. Uh, we had expectations of where each school would probably land, where our district would land. But we didn't wait until Monday when we received these this school information uh, as far as academic outcomes. We've been working since early, early in the summer to prepare strategic aims for not just each school, but each individual student. And I, I want to start off by saying thank you to our hardworking teachers, school admin, staff, and most importantly to our students at all school sites for what they've been doing and, more importantly, what they're going to do. The, One other little tidbit on it. Is, on I was, was just going to ask, the, the other thing I wanted to make sure you talk about is how the test itself, each student is not taking the same test necessarily as their fellow student in the seat next to them, right? Well, the progress monitoring is going to be the same information. Okay. What's going to occur after each administration of that progress monitoring is differentiated instruction because you're going to be in a different place academically than I'm going to be in. So working with each kid with differentiated instruction to be able to get them where we feel like they need to be. 
Um, oh, oh, I meant, I meant other, that. The, I meant that. What my understanding is that the test itself, that the test will change questions as they're taking it based on their success or failure to properly answer the initial set of questions. So students are not it's even. Gonna be, is that right? It's going to be or it's going to be oriented to each student. Yeah, but it's going to it's going to look for mastery, more importantly, proficiency. So it's going to get to different levels of questions as the student takes the test yeah. in each progress monitoring session. The, the odd thing about this year is they took the end results from 21-22, and they saw what was the percentage statewide of A's, B's, C's, D's, F's. And just like we used to, when we took psychology in, in college, they would have a bell curve. So mm-hmm. if there were 32% of the schools in 21-22 that were A's, this year, there was going to be 32% that were A's, regardless of where they actually scored. Oh, okay. Um, and they did the same things for B. You know, if there was 26% of the schools statewide that were B's, I know that there was either 1% or 2%. I can't remember all the percentages off the top of my head. Okay, yeah. But it, it it's not really if I scored an 82 this year, I got an 82. It's where did everybody else in the state score from a school perspective, was how we were rated. And, you know, we ended up with 11 A's, um, which is to be commended. We had three of those schools improve from B's to A's. We had, uh, I want to say it was 10 B's, 23 C's, and then we have seven schools that we've been focused on, whether it be with our school transformation office, our subject area specialist, um, BSI, which is the Bureau of School Improvement from the state, they're really a good partner with us here in Escambia. So all of us working together to improve academically. And I want to say this. And 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 by the way, I, no, I, and I, be, by the way, just I, I do. I, I give credit to the ones who improved. I mean, Pine Meadow Elementary, Pleasant Grove Elementary, Kingsfield Elementary, Blue Angels went from a C to a B. Myrtle Grove went from a D to a C. Oak Crest and Sherwood went from D's to C's. Um, and OJ Sims went from an F to a D. Those are all good things. And you know, as you said, there were about seven, six or seven schools that went the other direction. But to me, it's very interesting to note that, as you said. That's based on bell curving the results because they didn't have a baseline to compare with and they don't know what to assign them. That's interesting. You were going to say something else, but I want to just pause for just a second. We're talking well, to Keith it, Leonard. It, it, uh, to be fair, I didn't mention that Pine Forest went from a D to a C. Again, these grades are don't mean a lot exactly, but uh, Pensacola High went from a B to a C, and Ernest Ward improved from a C to a B. But back to Keith Leonard for the uh, superintendent of Escambia County Schools. Keith, I kind of cut you off. You were about to say, go ahead. You, you get an A for doing your homework, Andrew. You're <laughs> spot on about where we've made improvement and where we've had some decline. Well, I want to say this, and I agree with you when you say these grades really don't mean a lot. Unfortunately, to some people, they do. Yeah. And uh, what we've got to do is we've got to overcome this perception of of, of having some schools that are not performing at the level that that we know that they're capable of performing. And what we've got to do is we've got to put the proof in the pudding. And I believe we are working diligently in that direction. Um, it takes all of us. However, when you look at where we're really struggling, it's the old, it's the same old issue. Um, and what we have to do, we've got to get all parties involved Um, we've got to work with our city government we've got to work with our county government 
We've got to continue to work with the Early Learning Coalition. When you see that less than 50% and a pretty good percentage less than 50% of our kindergartners enter kindergarten ready to learn, yeah. that's an issue. And I would put our ecosystem of getting those kindergartners that, that were not ready when they got to us to what we do with them in third grade against any other school district in the state of Florida. We just have to do better. And what I was going to say before you, and I'm glad I'm already at work with those, those traffic accidents and the red lights being <laughs> out. Um, it's, it's imperative that our citizens understand and that we, we alleviate any roadblocks from learning. And we're focusing on attendance. We're focusing on behavior. We're Good. focusing on stability. Um, and we really believe that it will, it will make a difference. And you, you know my background, you know where I come from, foundation, in principles, uh, you, you, you got you to be strong with your foundation, and that's really what we're honing in on is that educational foundation for not just well, that's good. Um, that's 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 good. And, yeah. and you know, uh, we're just about out of time, but I I did want to ask you a question. It's a hard question. Um, it's it's pains me to have to say it, but if you look at the data in Escambia County, and this is nothing new. I'm not making some fresh observation, but at the back of this report, after all the school grades, it'll tell you the percentage of minority students are in this school, and the percentage of economically disadvantaged students or the free lunch kind of eligibility for students in these schools. And if you then go from that data. And you look at where the school grades are and the graduation rates and the scores on that, you know, the correlation between being poor and black in Escambia County and struggling academically is a bright line. It's unavoidably obvious when you look at the data. And it's been that way for a long time. And of, of course, it is never any child's fault, whatever circumstances they're born into. So the question is, what more can we do? What needs to be done to fix that? Because that just shouldn't be the case. And what can we do to fix it? Your thoughts? I, I'm in total agreement with you. You know, for years now we've called it, and it's a shame that we have to say for years, we've called it pockets of poverty. What we're doing now in the school district, we're focusing in, and we're, we've renamed that corridors of concern. And I'm going to tell you what we need. You were here, Hurricane Ivy. 19 days without power. This community rallied together like you've never seen before. That's what we've got to have. We've got to have citizen input. We've got to listen. We've got to take their concerns. We've got to take them seriously and put things into action. But this community, this entire community must get fired up like I'm getting right now and rally together to do what we need to do for those corridors of concern, whether that be more early learning of opportunities, whether that be after-school tutoring, whether that be mentoring, uh, getting community members to come in, churches, civic organizations. Uh, it has to be our top priority because I, I listened to a lady yesterday talk, um, very moving here in our community. This is the generation that will take care of us. Mm -hmm. Now, my parents, your parents, they took, they did what they had to do so that we could take care of them. It is our responsibility right now to step back and do the same exact thing. And I'm calling on all 330,000 to get serious about it and let's get it done. 
Well, there's a lot of ways, you know, to access it. a lot of volunteer opportunities, a lot of service opportunities. It is, as you say, uh, well, as I'm saying, I think you're implying uh, it's very easy to observe the problem and complain about the problem and say, well, it's too big or, you know, it's the parent's fault or whatever, whatever thing you say. I think the real question we all have to ask ourselves all the time is, you know, is there anything I can do and what more can I do? Because, uh, you know, if we don't do anything different, we won't get anything different. Right. So uh, Keith That's Leonard. Exactly right. Let's Keith, Let's be part of the solution, Andrew. Absolutely. Uh, Keith Leonard is the Escambia County Superintendent for Public Schools. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I know how deeply you care about our students, and I appreciate you working to educate them and teach them how to be better people every day. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we look for better things in the future, sir. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you. Take uh, care.